This message is a product of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. We thank you for engaging this conversation. Messages like this one are great resources to help us grow, but they cannot replace being a part of a local church. If you're not actively a part of a church, we encourage you to find one near you that fits you, visit it, and get involved. And we hope this message gives life to you today. Enjoy. Well, good morning, y'all. As Pastor Kevin said, I am Lindsay. I stand here today really humbled and honored to be able to share this word with you. And before I start, I just want to take a second to really honor our pastor. Y'all, he's awesome. The way that he loves me and my family, the way that he leads me in this ministry, um, the way that he trusts me with you today, he's just that good of a friend and pastor. Y'all, our family wouldn't be the family that we are without him. And I say this literally. He's the kind of friend who sends you a random text about eight years ago on a just random day and says, hey, when are you guys going to have baby number four? Y'all, we had three. We didn't need four, but he saw something in our family and he knew that we had more to give and he just saw that we needed more. And he asked me that day to pray for that to enter into our heart. And I might have not been very nice in my response, but it wasn't six months later. I was letting him know about him and his prayers. Y'all, we have our fourth, but it's just who he is. He sees something in me. He sees something in our church. He sees something in our community. Um, that maybe we don't see in ourselves. And I'm just so thankful for him. And I'm thankful for my husband, Chris. He's out there killing it on check-in this morning. I couldn't, I wouldn't want to do this ministry without him. It's not always easy. Again, with four kids, there's a lot of shuffling around that we do. But he loves me through it and stands behind the vision. And he's so awesome. And if you serve in Vortex Kids, I just lastly want to say, I love you. You all make our kids' ministry what it is. We couldn't do it without you. So thank you for always being willing to sacrifice time um, and give what it is that God's called in your life to serve some families on a Sunday morning. It truly is a blessing to get to do this with you. Um, So as I get started today, I just want to recap a little bit. Pastor Kevin, we've been planted in this truth that God is our source. And today I'm going to continue in that in a little bit of a story that's been placed on my heart to share with you. Um, But we're going to start back in the Old Testament, probably seven, eight, hundred years before Christ, we're going to meet someone named Elijah. Elijah, as you probably have heard, he would go on to become a really big name prophet who was used in a lot of really big ways. And we first get introduced to him here. And he comes in with a bang, y'all. He, uh, God is not happy with the way a particular kingdom is living. He sends Elijah to him. It's King Ahab. And he tells them and introdu- tells them that there's going to be a drought. It's going to be a drought for years, actually. And it is not going to rain until he calls it to rain. And if you're that guy who's telling a pretty bad king, what do you think you probably need to do? You probably need to get out of there. And that's what he does. God leads Elijah to a place where he has food, he has water, but there's going to be a point in time when the water dries up and there is no food source. So this is where we're going to pick it up in Scripture. So I'd like for you to stand in honor of God's Word as I read this. So we're going to find this in 1 Kings 
chapter 17. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me, and then make, some, make something for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up, and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. So she went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family, for the jar of flour was not used up, and the jug of oil did not run dry, in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken through Elijah. Let's pray together. God, thank you. You are such a good and generous God. And today as we dive into your word, I just pray that we would open our hearts to know what it would be to have faith like this widow did. To give it all, but not just to give it all, but to know the blessing that you would bless us with. So help inspire us today to maybe have faith like this widow. But just help us open our hearts to receive it today. In your name, I pray. Y'all can have a seat. As you are to having a seat, I want you to touch, touch your neighbor and say, we're taking the lid off today. Yeah, it's going to be fun, y'all. It's going to be fun. Um, but as I start, so here's a point I think that we all could agree on, right? Is that we all need things in our lives that we can depend on. I mean, things like food, water, a warm place to lay our head at night. But have you, and we probably haven't ever had to worry about not having those things. But have you ever stopped to think what it would be like if those things were taken away from us? I mean, think about this story. They were in a drought. There was no water. The creeks had dried up. And widows, let me talk about the significance of a widow. Widows in this time would really only have the resources that they had because other people would have given it to her. And they're in a famine when everybody already has less to give. This widow really has no other means. She has a little bit of oil and just enough flour to make one last meal. Death really was the only option because the supply of the things that they once depended on are now gone. And I don't know if you've ever been in that place, maybe not like the widow, but maybe you've ever been in a place where the things that you once depended on, maybe like a solid marriage, Maybe that emergency savings account for, for that time you may need it. Or maybe it's your health. Maybe you've been in a place where the things that you once depended on have been taken away. 
I want to tell you today that I've been there. And for me, it was my job. In 2008, we were in a recession. Many of you remember that. And I walked into work that day and I was told that I no longer had a job. It was around this time of year, actually. We had two houses. I don't know who thought it was a good idea to buy a house when we hadn't sold our house. In 2008, that really wasn't the smartest thing to do, but that's where we were. We had two young, small boys at home, and we depended on my income to sustain all of that. And in that season, my world, as I knew it, came crashing down. And you might be thinking, it's just a job. Really? We're talking about a widow that has no food. You're just talking about a job. Y'all, all of my security was placed in that job. It defined me. Everything I gave, I gave to it. And in this season, I was confusing this job, this resource, as my source. And if you've been through this season, we already started off with it, that Pastor Kevin has reminded us of this truth. And I want us to be reminded again today that God is our source and everything else is a resource. I want to say it again because I I maybe need it again. God is our source and everything else is a resource. See, God uses resources to provide for us, right? Like a job provides an income. Uh, Your spouse, you know, gives you a relationship. Your kids provide for you a love that's like no other love. But we have to remember that God is the one who's given given it to us. So in this story and for the rest of this message today, we're going to anchor into this point. When we understand that God is our source, we can give without fear. When we understand that God is our source, we can give without fear, just like the widow did. I mean, let's go back to that story. There's a widow. She's gathering sticks for her very last meal. And this strange man comes up to her and he asks her to make him food first. Not just share it, but hey, give it to me first and then... There's supposed to be more for me when I go back. See, he worships this unfamiliar God, but he's the one who sent him to her. It says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because if you do what the Lord God has asked, there will be more food for you. But the food was the only certain scarcity she was facing. So that's a bold statement. Don't be afraid. And I want to encourage you in that same way today. Don't be afraid. Like maybe you didn't get the results at the doctor's office that you wanted. Don't be afraid. Maybe you're not sure where your next paycheck is going to come from. Don't be afraid. See, I was there. I can identify because I was afraid. But I want to tell you that I have certainly learned that we need to put our trust and security in something that cannot be taken from us. And that's God. When we put our trust and security in something that can't be taken from us, it's God. It changes everything. And I want to take us to Scripture where this is illustrated really beautifully in Jeremiah of what it looks like when someone places their trust and faith in God. So let's go there together. Jeremiah chapter 17. 
Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought. For it does not cease to bear fruit. See, what they're saying here is if we have faith to trust in God, our source, we're like a tree that's planted. Our roots, our foundation stretched out to the source, which is God. When heat comes, we don't have to fear because we know who our source is. Don't be afraid when you know who your source is. And I want to go back to Zarephath, where we were with the widow. Just really want to take a moment to to really picture what's happening here. A mother, a widow, literally down to her last meal, and this stranger comes asking for her to make some bread and believe that there'll be some supernatural provision if she's obedient. Again, not just to share her food, but to trust I'll give it all and know that there will be more when I return. See, I picture her walking home, thinking about this. She has a choice. And I picture her holding the jar of oil that has a little bit left, wondering, I could keep this for myself. Me and my son will certainly have our last meal, and that's it. Then she thinks, what if I take the lid off and use a little bit of it first to feed the starving man and maybe a miracle really will happen. So I wonder how long she stood there holding that jar in her hand before she took the lid off. Because I want to tell you, just like this widow, there are times in life when we're called to take the lid off. There are times in life that we are called to take the lid off. And the lids here represent the limits of what we think God and God can and cannot do in our lives. Let's look at this. Lids can be the extent to which we trust God. When we take it, out, take it off and give out of obedience, we believe that the blessing will be so much more. That's having an abundance mindset. But lids can also be the seal that keeps us from letting our real selves out. Saying, where all I have is what I have and I'm not ever going to have any more. So I need to hang on to it. That's what we would call a poverty mindset. But y'all, this widow, she took the lid off. She trusted God's word spoken through Elijah. She was willing to offer him everything she had, no matter how small it was. And what did God do as a result? He took care of her. She had faith to be generous with everything, and God blessed her for it. And sometimes, if we want to see God's actions and receive the blessings, you have to take the lid off. And give God what you have, as little as it might seem. Because you know why? Because God can do a lot with our little. He can do so much with a little. See, when God wanted to change the world, a little baby was born in Bethlehem. Y'all, next week kicks off our Christmas series. I've never heard a woman, a baby, and a dragon all in one sentence talking about Christmas. I can't wait to hear what it's all about. But 
God can do so much with a little. And then how about David, the little shepherd boy that everyone thought too insignificant to lead became a mighty king. And Jesus even said that the kingdom of God is like the tiniest of seeds. Y'all, it's my favorite necklace. I wore it today because in, in, in being reminded that if we can have faith that's in a grain of mustard seed, then nothing will be impossible to you. God wants our little. And as a matter of fact, I want to fast forward from 1 Kings in the Old Testament to the New Testament in Mark. Jesus was at a temple. He was doing some teaching on some leaders, on some materialism things. And he sits down and he starts observing and offering. Some of you have maybe heard this before as the widow's offering. But let's look together in Mark. So Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. See, Did she put in more money than anybody else? No. All she had was a few cents. But oh, what she had was faith. She was defiantly generous. She gave everything she had. And what this verse illustrates and this point I want for you today to know is that generosity requires trust, not money. Generosity requires trust, not money. And when we fail to trust in God, we can tend to look at generosity like this. We look at what we hold in our hand right now and wonder how much we'll have left after we've given it. And that's kind of how we base our generosity. Like if I give up my flour, then I have no food. If I tithe, I won't be able to build up that emergency savings account. Oh, or if I serve... I have to give up my free time on weekends. We could look at it like that, but when we know who our source is, we look at it this way. If I give up my flour, oh, well, God's going to bless me with more than just one meal. We saw that in our first story. Or if I tithe, God will do more with my 90% than I ever could with my 100% alone. And if I serve, Y'all, if I serve, I might leave church on a Sunday feeling more blessed and I maybe never even made it in the auditorium to hear the message. See, when God is our source, we can give without fear of losing what it is we have. And coming back to my story, remember I was laid off in a recession. No one was hiring. I was ready to cancel everything. Christmas, birthdays, giving to church was the first thing we were going to stop, of course. Y'all, I was a mom and had two small kids and I didn't even want to be at home with them because that's not who I wanted to be. I was afraid and I couldn't see past what we had. Because the truth about generosity in times of fear is that we can't let fear lie to us. 
Fear will rob you of your blessings. I want to say it again. Fear will rob you of your blessings. But fear is a liar. It will lie to you and make you believe that there is no hope. It will tell a widow that once you use up that flour and that oil, death is the only option. It will tell a mom, cancel it all. You're not going to find another job. There is no other source. Hold on to it. But thankfully, thankfully I have a husband who called me out on this. See, while I was ready to quit everything, he said, this is the last thing that we are going to do. I didn't understand it. He wasn't afraid. I knew what was in the bank account. I knew how long it was going to last. And holding on to it for as long as we could was what I wanted to do. I was without a job for 12 months. But with Chris's persistence, we kept taking the lid off. We actually didn't cancel one thing. I didn't like it. But I started trusting that God would provide, and he did. Because my second point today is that while generosity requires trust, Generosity also requires surrender. Requires surrender. And see, if I'm honest, I'm not like super comfortable when there's an altar call at church and if you need prayer to step up in front. I'm just not. But there was a day in this season for me where the weight of this burden was way too heavy. And that morning at church, my knees hit the ground. And I wish I could sing, I would sing it, but the words, on Christ, the solid rock I will stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Over and over, I hear those words, and for the first time, I realize that I had it all mixed up. Because when we trust that God is our source, and we surrender to His will, it changes everything. Because to look back on a year that I never wanted to have, I can certainly say that I'm so thankful that no one can ever take it away from me. Because I was able to live with the peace and joy of the blessings that were standing right in front of me and I couldn't even see it. So as I close today, I just, I want to kind of address something that maybe you're new in your walk with faith. And maybe you've heard this, God is our source. But maybe you're afraid to start giving what that might look like. Today, maybe you would surrender that to God. And if you're a mature Christian, you've been doing this a while, maybe surrender to you looks a lot different than just a tithe on a Sunday morning. Maybe it's using your time or your talent. Maybe this year you know that your kids are extremely blessed. Maybe they don't need another thing, but that woman, that single mom down the street, she could maybe use some help this year for Christmas. Or maybe you see that disabled veteran, he needs a new ramp and you know how to build it. You just need to be able to give a Sunday or a Saturday or any day to go build it. I don't know where you are. I don't know what it is that you would ask God today to surrender to, but I want to pray with you right now over what that might be. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for just showing the greatest example of generosity and giving us your son so that we might have life. So God, wherever we are, 
We just pray that you would open our hearts to know what it would be to just defiantly give of ourselves, wherever it might be. But just help us to surrender that to you. Help us to trust in knowing that you are our source. And that when times get hard, we don't have to be afraid. You've got us. We're like a tree planted by the stream with our roots stretched out to you. So God, be with us. We're so thankful for you in your name. I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. This podcast has been a production of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information on our church, we encourage you to visit us online at vortexchurch.com.